I was ordered to turn an engine into a table. Oh. You need a good engine though. Mm. Something pretty sick, yeah. Like a V12. Sick. The small block Chevy works good because the spacing of the connecting rods is the same as the head bolts. So you can bolt them straight in and use the pistons to hold the glass. Oh. Are there any yeah. three small blocks around? There might be so. <laughs> <laughs> But you don't want an 800 pound coffee table. No, yeah. that would be That's why you need to find like a clapped out Maserati block or something. Mm. And then you got a cool look. That would be pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Then you can put Some, all the logos on it. Something more exotic. Something to get a conversation started, something to be provocative. Oh, yeah. So, welcome everyone again. <laughs> if this is your first time watching, uh, this welcome to the Trick Factory Customs, or this is Modify, the podcast by Trick Factory Customs. My name is Elvis. Tim. Rob. Awesome. And in this series, or in this podcast, we just talk about automotive things that deal with specifically modifying things. Yeah. That's like the <laughs> because that directly or indirectly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that encompasses that. <laughs> huh? What we do here, <laughs> like and uh, yeah. So so far, this is our what fourth episode. I, is it? I think so. Yep. No, no yeah, fifth. No, no, this is our fifth. This is the fifth episode. Yeah. Oh. Fourth one's not out yet, so pay yeah. attention. Probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be out. But true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the topic for today is, is going to be interesting, I think. Um, yeah, and so... It what is, are we uh, speaking about today, We're talking Elvis. about classic cars. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and should you or should you not buy a classic car? I feel like that's a mm. huge topic. And there's a lot of ways that we could go through. And so I have some like little moderatory things. I don't know if that was a word, but it is now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is now. Yeah, to yeah. us anyways. I have some things that I should that I'll talk about some points, but how have you guys been all all week? Who wants to go first? Mm, go ahead. No, it's been good. It was interesting. Okay. We got one big project done and out, so that's cool. What what was the project that we got done? It was nothing exciting. Okay. We had to get it done. <laughs> yeah. It's not really what we're talking about, but yeah. I'm sure to the owner he's pumped. Yeah. And then yeah, just went and looked at a couple of potential upcoming projects. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's, are you, are you allowed cool. to share what they are now? Can't share yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once, once I get the approval, then then we can share. Okay. That'll be pretty cool. So like which and may subscribe. actually turn into much bigger projects. Mm. Because yeah. I already have somebody interested in one, Ooh. so we'll see how that goes. Okay. Yeah. So the underlying part of that is like, what is what what those potentially are? Mm -hmm. Pretty sick. So stay tuned. Subscribe to, to our YouTube channel at Trick Factory Customs if you want to see the projects whenever right. they're finalized. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, because this checks all the basically all the boxes. Noise, yeah. noise, yeah. noise. I'm excited. These started out kind of as barn finds, and they'll be all the way through to the end so cool. that'd be pretty cool oh sick yeah. okay cool and what about you rob uh it's yeah it's just been a just been a hectic week of sort of uh finishing off the big project that tim was referring to um it was a, just a lot of work uh one of those kind of things and and with it now being gone the shop space opens up quite a bit oh, yeah. so we have we have a lot more uh we have a lot of more big things happening in the shop, like more shop evolution stuff, uh, just things for that. And so, it, I don't know, it just feels good to somehow like, you know, get rid of some big things and open up the space. So oh, yeah. This was the last of our 
COVID projects. Yeah. Uh, like stuff that was kind of outside <laughs> the realm of what we'd normally do, but we took it on due to the uncertainty of things when it mm. all started. So it's good to see the last, that's the last of those projects. Wow, so okay. You yeah. can chalk that one up in there with the Fiero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a couple of those other ones that, you know, we wouldn't have normally taken on, but we did just, like I say, due to uncertainty, but things have been crazy since. So. No, but I feel like you also wanted to help the people out too. Like, because that it's genuinely did because i was that kid at one time so yeah. that he just caught me on the right day and <laughs> he got me but we got it done and got it out but but i mean so the fiero project was i mean it wasn't glamorous in any way mm -hmm. it wasn't but it was kind of just a cool thing it was like i mean engine swapping from you know whatever into whatever fiero too. but it what kind of it? we got a chance to like fabricate some cool little bits for it and sort of just bring someone else's dream to life and that was that's cool in its own little way right i mean we all started somewhere i'm still starting somewhere we're still <laughs> all talking about it probably more so than our other cool project yeah. <laughs> so i mean some of the cool things that i've been up to in the last little week that you know that is of note is i have been working more on the uh the center radiator for the 996 mm. wide body slant oh, nose yeah and so that's been pretty cool we've been sort of developing that project along the way and uh yeah sort of just in in you know in between all the other things you know mm. while you're in there kind of thing and that's been pretty cool so i'm stoked on that um anybody watching or listening check out our youtube yeah because for all the things you'll, we're you'll talking get a chance about. to see that i know elvis has been working really hard to to uh, put together all the media he's capturing for that. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's and, so uh, fun. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool to see the var the variants of the different types of things that we work on from yeah. the Fierro. Yeah. The MG, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, the one, MG yeah. with the Aston Martin paint job, that yeah. was another one. So you can check out that again on our YouTube channel. And then Tim's but, Porsche. Yeah, and like, so the, the slant nose and my Datsun and like, just like our own personal projects kind of thing, like, you work on them when you find time to work on them because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, we do have like a lot of just customer work that needs to be done all day i mean yeah. it's day to day it is we're a functioning business so mm -hmm. the slant nose is no different it's one of those projects where you know the hype is there and the the enthusiasm is there but you only have so many times, times. so yep. much time in the yep. day to do it so that's kind of i've been i've been you know my enthusiasm is pretty high for that i know tim's is too you know, even you, like, you, you keep everything pumped up. And then we work on it when we can. Yeah. It's but, almost uh, worse having it and not being able to work on it than not having it. Yeah. <laughs> 100% because it's frustrating when you, like, you look it's at so it every true. day. You're just it's like, so true. Oh, I just but want so much to yeah. just dig right in, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> when there's a client project, it's like yeah. the post we made on yeah. TikTok and Instagram this yeah. week. It's like, yeah, people and ask. And then you forget how much you've done. So, like, mm -hmm. that post that you put together was even an eye-opener for me because it's like <laughs> we get them done and they're gone and you're on to the next one and you just forget just how much stuff you've lot. actually yeah. done yeah. yeah yeah and these are all pretty big projects mm -hmm. like they're not it's you know, a lot of cars that we've yeah. been through in the past few months but yeah so because people ask why don't you drive the evo that's like oh it's all these things and you want yeah. to work on it but it's just there's no I would time love to be able to work on it but <laughs> yeah. it's even on my supposed day offs it's like People are still talking to me. There's still things to investigate. There's, mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it just never works out. Yeah. 
Yeah, so because like the, the only way that that thing worked was all literally like a perfect storm. Like we more or less shut the shop down for two months mm -hmm. just to focus on it. But to try to do that now, especially the way the last two years have been, it's, mm -hmm. it's just not possible. It's not feasible, yeah. Like it's, and we have, the worst thing is, is like having it and being able to look at it and the pain of that. But now I've gathered all the parts for it mm -hmm. and they're here and <laughs> I still can't touch it. It makes it even worse. Like it's, yeah. so mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So with that said, uh, yeah, just off the top of your head, when I say classic car, like, first of all, what, what is a classic car? I feel like that, can, that topic can be uh, changed depending on what, what, what you're talking about. So what, to you guys, what is a classic car? Uh, yeah, I don't know. To <laughs> me, it's probably anything from the 50s or 60s. Like I wouldn't necessarily consider, but that's just showing my age. Like really? from the seventies or eighties, okay. a classic car. But I guess technically, it's like yeah, it's like 30, 25, 40 years 25 years and older is like the actual mm. insurance definition of what a classic car yeah. is. But I mean, that's nineteen ninety two Honda Civic. Yeah. That doesn't seem like <laughs> a classic crazy. car to me. What? You know what I mean? Ninety two so, Honda so, Civic is right? yeah. technically a classic car by oh, today's yeah. standards. So. Twenty five years old. That doesn't feel like that. But yeah, yeah that's... so it's to me, it's like fifties, sixties. Mm. Okay. See, now I would go into like the seventies for sure. Yeah. You know, my my definition of classic car is definitely into the seventies, at least the mid seventies. I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, you can go a lot, a lot newer than that and still be a classic car. But to me, I, classic car is like chrome bumpers. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't have chrome bumpers, then it's not technically a classic car to me. Interesting. That's actually a pretty good way to look at it. That's a pretty solid visual. I think that helps. Chrome bumpers. Yeah, I'm like thinking, what car does have chrome bumpers? I think from the, the last of the era of the chrome bumpers would probably be late 70s. mid to late 70s. Yeah. And then it became plastic bumpers, ah. crash bumpers. That just doesn't like that doesn't resonate as a car. I don't think any one of us wants to remember cars from that era, anyways, because they were kind of all. Which one? It's like seventies, eighties, eighties. Oh yeah, because of what? Well, why was emissions and stuff? Emissions, crash protection, all yeah. that kind of stuff. There we started like, caring about safety. Yeah. 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 No. Like styling cues in the '80s sucked. Yeah, a lot of them. Everything not was good. like very, very square, boxy, boxy plasticky. Like, I mean, technology was not in a good place at mm -hmm. that time. Electronics were starting to become a thing, and they sucked because mm -hmm. technology at that time it just wasn't able to create reliable electronics, and that kind of carried into the, the '90s a little bit too. Yeah, it was still very um, boxy stuff in the '90s too. But like the 80s were just, I mean, we don't even want to talk about the 80s. The 80s suck. <laughs> you just go for the 80s. It didn't happen. Unless you're talking about music. True. Very true. But then that just dates me. So. That's a matter of opinion, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Well, give me some of that, uh, you know, hairband stuff. I'm in. Oh, okay. Sweet. <laughs> so with that said, um, yeah. So should you buy a classic car? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so <laughs> why, why would you say these things? Classic cars. Like, I think classic cars bring a lot more joy to the table. When, like, when you get in, into a classic car and you start driving, I feel like 
the thrill of driving happens at a much slower speed mm -hmm. than it does to relative, you know, cars of today's time. Literally. Like today's time, the cars are so absolutely amazing and, and highly functional that it almost feels like you're not even driving at all. Mm. Uh, at driver aids and all the things that come along with the modern cars take away the feel of kind of what driving really represents. Mm -hmm. And so classic cars, they didn't have any of that kind of stuff. No. You get behind the wheel. I mean, if, if even power steering was kind of a thing at that, you know, in the seventies and whatnot, but like it was, it was basic and things like that, manual brakes, manual steering yep. was a kind of a thing in sports cars still. And you just got more driver feel at a, at a very much lesser speed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, is what I truly enjoy about classic cars more so. Okay. I will say though, classic cars compared, you know, comparatively, there's there's a lot of room for improvement. And that's kind of why I say buy a classic car and modify the heck out of it. <laughs> that's very that's a very interesting point that we're gonna get to. Yeah. But before we dive further in, what like should you buy a classic car, Tim? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Okay. Wow. Why do you say no? Uh, aside from all that sort of visceral driving romanticism that he's talking about, it's like there's a lot of reality to owning a classic car. Like okay. You need to have a place for it. You need to be able to do basic things to it mm -hmm. and have reasonable expectations of what it is. Because a lot of people, the disconnect of a classic car is they're 75 years old. Yep. So that's a big problem. So you're gonna be breaking down, things wear out, it's expensive, and you have to have, it's, it basically needs to be a hobby. It's not just ownership. Like the idea of just owning it, it's not, it's not reality. It's like something that you gotta be, you're always involved in it. It's the simplest little things, things are gonna wear out. Like unless you're gonna go buy and spend a fortune on something that's completely restored, but even at that point, a lot of that stuff is still old technology that doesn't work. It doesn't have a huge, you know, shelf life and you're going to have problems. So you got to understand, like if you have an understanding of it and that's part of the adventure for you mm. is maintaining and curating this thing, then I say 100% get one. But if you just want to drive, don't, don't do it. <laughs> no, uh, there's, you definitely like, I mean, he's touching on so many important mm -hmm. things. Like you need, you got to have it for the right reason. Yeah, and, and so like, true. it really, really helps to have some sort of mechanical abilities. Yep. Having a classic car, even if it is 100% fully restored and like new, mm -hmm. it's still like new from that era. 50 years so ago, all of that. They weren't great. Well, no. and that's why cars have progressed to the point that they are, because these were all shortcomings that were fixed along the way yes. to progress to where we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the driving experience then is not the same as now. You yeah. didn't have traffic conditions that you hadn't had now. So true. You don't have highway speeds that you have now. Yep. You don't have all these things. So you're taxing these cars just trying to pace your average work van <laughs> on the highway. And it's they were just never intended for that purpose. So mm. it's like then now you're it's gonna wear faster, you're taxing it, and it's gonna break more often. Mm. So you have the guys that are very much aware of what they have and how to use it. They're great, they're happy, they're going to cars and coffee, all this other stuff, but us as a business, we have customers that take 
something that they're comparing to their brand new Mercedes and trying to drive it in the same way. Oh, and I they're broken down mean. all the time. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah, constantly yeah. breaking stuff. And then it's like, why is this like this? Mm. Why did this happen? It's like, well, because That's... it would, this would happen to anything that you're yeah. using if you're using it outside of its parameters. I see what you mean. Okay. So like going and sitting in traffic for three hours with the AC cranked and all this kind of stuff is like, it's not meant for that. Mm. Or you have a vehicle, you know, say like this Defender, the things. Which one? There was one behind us. No, this or the, the black, other black one. one. Okay. Like that thing will climb straight up the side of a mountain, no problem. <laughs> yeah. But getting it to do 120 kilometers an hour on the freeway, like your foot is all the way mm. in it. And you do that to any car that you own. Yeah. Even though that that's happening at a much lower and more manageable speed, it's equivalent to you doing it in your Lamborghini for yeah, yeah, two yeah. hours with your foot to the floor. It's going to blow up eventually. Yeah. So it's, that's the biggest thing that we struggle with is trying to educate customers as to what their expectations should be for this. Mm -hmm. And then that gets into a whole nother realm of topics that we start retrofitting these with new powertrains mm -hmm. and conversions and all this kind of stuff. And then it's more about the aesthetic. Mm. So you can aesthetically have this, or you can have an actual proper classic car, mm -hmm. which mm. is very, very different. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like, almost like what taking from what you said, it's almost like you have to go with whenever you're driving. If it's like a stockish mental like car, if it's a stockish, what, 70s, 80s, 60s car, classic car, you need to have that mentality behind of it's like this is drive it like you were living in that time period <laughs> yeah like yeah. within those parameters yeah. so do you want to take it out on a nice sunday morning go for a cruise do 40 50 miles an hour no problem mm -hmm. but don't go sit in traffic because that car was, traffic was never a part of that car's design mm. like they didn't experience that in 1955 yeah yeah like now you'll sit out there for hours sometimes like yeah. you know three four hours just sitting in traffic trapped mm -hmm. and it was just never meant for that yeah, so I mean, that's that's such a big part of a classic car is just making sure you're using it for what it was designed for. Like yeah. you have to th think back to what was it like back then and use it for that. I mm -hmm. mean, no off-road vehicles ever gonna be hitting highway speeds like today, you know? Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, and then the transition now is like, if you want that, we can build you that, but if you want that, then you you have to participate in that. Like mm. you got to make sure it's got oil. You got to make sure it's got coolant. You got to, you know, pay attention to all these little things and maintain it. So that's your part of it. But if yeah. you don't want, if you're honest and you're like, I don't want to do any, deal of, with that, any of this stuff. I just want it to look like this. Yeah. No problem. We can sort you out for that too. Mm. So yeah. motor drivetrain, all that stuff's going in the garbage and we're going to build you a new car that looks like an old car. Yeah. yeah. A, mu good. a much more in-depth conversation and a topic for like the very beginning of any any build is going to be what do you intend to use this for mm -hmm. you know what do you and like what do you drive now what are you used to driving mm -hmm. and you want to have this most likely they're going to be some sort of expectation trying uh, like a uh, like a deep down comparison oh yeah i'm driving this but i i, I want it to drive like my new my new mercedes yeah or cadillac we know and you got to be real. It's not ever going to be like that. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But you got to spend a lot of loot. You need to modify everything. Yeah. Change, change everything. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because uh, I was li I was listening to the Smoking Tire podcast uh, a few well actually oh, like yesterday, and he was talking about uh, he how he drove. Matt Farrell was talking about how he drove a uh, 
forgot what it was. It was an uh, electric cobra. Oh. Uh, yeah. An electric cobra. Odd. <laughs> so he, initially, he was very excited to review it. And, but when he started driving, it's almost like what they did. Like It was like the guy did a fantastic job. So I'm, his goal behind it was pretty cool because I think his son was either, I think he was autistic. And so he didn't like the engines of ca loud cars. Oh, yeah. And so he wanted the son to be able to experience what the car was like just with, without the noise type deal. So and then he built one and then his friends were like, oh, we're going to we want more because you, got, you did a really good job. But for what they were selling it for and everything now, I think it's built like five. The, the technology is very interesting because even though, yes, it's fast and it's like you have all this experience, but everything else. He still, it sounded like it's, he still kept a lot of it stock, like the drivetrain and like things like that. Uh, it was like a modified factory five body, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it wasn't like the best, like he didn't make his own like proprietary components oh, yeah. to make the car handle like maybe a modern car, all of that stuff. And mm -hmm. so Matt Farah didn't really like the way that worked or that handled. Because he compared it to, yeah, like you still, the engine in the Cobra, he was saying, was part of the charm for the car. Yeah. And it's like when he took that out and replaced it with electric, it was still good. But it, you have to not just do that, but replace everything else. Like the, all the suspension components. Yeah, with yeah and I think we things. were talking about well, that not long ago about the Tesla when they were first developing. Yeah, so like the te Tesla platform is like a skateboard. So center of gravity is super low. But mm -hmm. even we have EV builds coming up. And a big part of the conversation is like battery placement, all this kind of stuff to maintain the balance of the vehicle. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these EV cars, they just slap a motor in it and a big battery mm. in the back and they're <laughs> horrible to drive because the weight bias is so bad mm -hmm. that sure the acceleration is kind of the bar that everybody sets everything mm -hmm. to, but the actual handling the car yeah. is horrible. It's yep. terrifying yep. and nobody wants to drive it. So if you're using it as a runabout around town, you can probably live with it, but if you have a Cobra, like your Canyon carving, yeah, you want to drive it like a Cobra, yeah. but you got like, you know, 2000 pounds of batteries in the back and nothing in the front. <laughs> the thing is going to be absolutely Terrifying. horrible, yeah. horrible to drive. Yeah. So like that's most of that EV stuff, but now it's transitioning more like everybody's getting smarter mm -hmm. because everything's getting better. It's progressing yeah. pretty quick. Like even in the time that we, took on these two EV builds that we're about to do, mm -hmm. it's like you can almost not buy components till you need them because it's progressing so oh. quickly that before you even get to the point that you need them, it's outdated. it might be outdated. Interesting. And especially right now in the world because it's going so quickly. So it's like, get the big pieces and then we'll wait because there's five different chargers coming online that all <laughs> like, oh man, I don't want to buy the wrong one. So it's mm -hmm. like, we're pacing ourselves as we need these things before buying them because from the start to a year later, mm -hmm. like the landscape has changed so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's kind of almost like thinking like on the, on the sort of the topic, like motor swaps and all that kind of stuff yeah. and like the classic cars and, and EVs are, are very much in this as well. It's like the weight of all these things, the weight balance, the, the cars, are, they need to be engineered properly mm -hmm. to handle all these kind of things. Yep. And so a classic car, if you think about how it was engineered, what its intended purpose was back in that time, 
it was entirely different than what today's day is. So true. And like we we're we're in the the time of like crazy motor swaps. Like I mean, that was one of our major topics recently. Mm-hmm. And you could take like the crazy LS or an EV or whatever, mm-hmm. put it into a classic car. If the rest of the chassis and the components within the chassis, like you know your uprights, your control arms, your suspensions, like just all of it, mm-hmm. if it isn't all up to the spec of what you know your your motor swap is delivering your whatever then it's just going to be an absolute compromise in even the enjoyment the driving feel of what that vehicle is yeah and so talking about that i just wanted to add another point or say what you guys think about it but it's on the point of safety because speaking of like a classic car being safe or on the topic of should you buy a classic car, what people don't think about is safety, mm-hmm. which was back in the 60s, 70s, they didn't really care about safety as much. I don't think they had... Or like, the technology was not there. I don't think it was really needed to the same extent that it is now because now the congestion and the amount of cars mm. is like your likelihood of getting in an accident <laughs> is probably a thousand times what it used to yeah, be. Yeah, like and the speeds, the all speeds, of that stuff. all that kind of stuff. Whereas back then, I don't think, like, obviously there was accidents, but I don't, there are probably more single car accidents due to driving ability than actual collisions, mm-hmm. I would think, because there just wasn't the same amount of congestion. Mm-hmm. Like, you, now it's, you know, you're it's bumper insane. to bumper for most of the day. Like yeah. It's, yeah. And I think, I think they just engineered all that kind of stuff, like, you know, on, well, there's some heinous on the videos. fly, like, I mean, they, they, they thought about safety and they tried to make sure that they're, they were safe. I mean, you, you go back to like the fifties, you would hear about like steering columns, like oh, I did. Through, yeah. you know, <laughs> into people's chests and oh. stuff like that. And, and so they learned from that. They yeah. Made yeah everything's columns, better. Like, like everything evolved. Mm-hmm. Cars today are the way they are because, because of, of that constant evolution yeah. of safety. And like, you know, with that, you know, that evolution of safety comes like increased vehicle weights. Everything about a vehicle is entirely different now because of that. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think they were, they were conscious of safety, but they didn't really know how to approach it, Mm. you know, and they just, it's just a constant evolution. And I don't think that's ever going to end. Yeah. You know, because with my Datsun, it's like, I have a, a 1982 Datsun, but Every time I drive it, it's a constant thing behind my back. Of it's like, if I ever get into a wreck, like that's probably it for me. <laughs> that's probably it because no airbags, like no traction control, no mm-hmm. stability control, nothing. And it's like it's just you and the car. Right. And it's it's interesting too, like the type of not just sheet metal, but how thin Japanese in general, like Japanese sheet metal was back then. And so. I'm sure if I get into a wreck, it's just going to be like, I'm just going to be like yeah. a pancake. I don't, I don't know. I have an opinion on that too, because like, I think a lot of these driver's aids have made people worse drivers. True. Oh, That's yeah. very because true. I would say within the last month alone, I've probably been cut off by, well, I've had two Teslas. Teslas are the Tesla new BMW drivers. Back out into traffic in oh, front of me without even looking, like yep. out of driveways. I've been cut off by them <laughs> multiple times. So it's like they're now they're so heavily reliant on all these A's safety features that yep. they're just oblivious when they're driving. So, so true. So like, if you know that if you get in a wreck, you're probably going <laughs> to die. I'm sure you you're driving drive with a little bit more awareness yep. of what's going on. <laughs> Whereas these guys don't like, they're not even paying attention anymore. No. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And then 
like I say, they don't even like acknowledge that they've done it to you. No, because no. the car didn't tell them yeah, they did. So they didn't drive away. Yeah, just keep you going. can't even get mad at them. No, like, the days of flipping people off, like you can't even get their attention <laughs> to flip them off anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, but that's so true. I was thinking about Tesla drivers. Like I have seen all the crazy drivers that I've seen so far that are driving like well, maniacs are mostly Tesla drivers. We have. Like, you can see it every single day, because just down the street, we have a body shop here that specializes in Teslas. <laughs> so the amount of technology and all these driver's aids and cameras yeah. and all this stuff, how many Teslas are in that lot at mm. a time? Like, the lot is full. There's yeah. like 14 or 15 of them at a time. Yep. So if it's so good, why, does why the is the lot full keep all happening? the time? He's the, that's the busiest place in town right now. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, for... We, we kind of talked about this earlier, but of you have the styling of a classic car because I love the way old cars look, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily like the way they drive. Yeah. And so would you recommend like, what would you recommend doing just upgrading the suspension components or would you recommend something like a body swap? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people have started doing. And that's what I kind of even want to do with my, I have a 60s Jag Mark II. But I don't really like the way almost 70-year-old suspension is just going to be yeah. carrying. And then ordering parts. If you're getting any spare parts or anything, you're getting it from England. It takes for a while to get here. All of that stuff. So do you recommend, like, body swaps? That's a no? massive undertaking. So it's like it's, <laughs> in its essence, it seems simple. But yeah. it's, it's pretty involved process. Yeah. It's not something you're going to do at home on your mm -hmm. own. No. So, I mean, yeah, that's... Not for everybody. Yeah, I, like, I think I think to answer the question, yes, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah, do it because it's the only way you're going to get the best of you know both worlds essentially. The classic classic car looks with the the upgraded engineering of today's time, but I don't really like it. You don't? Oh, okay. I, I think there's there's well, compromises like though, right? Because it's an aesthetic, but it's not the car. It's, like, yeah. it's not like if I was to do it. I see what you mean. Okay. Like you're, yeah, your experience, you're experiencing whatever you choose as a platform. Mm -hmm. People on the outside are experiencing what, you, <laughs> what, you, like you're, the, what you're portraying, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're yeah. not experiencing that car. <laughs> so like if anything, okay. like if I was to do a classic, it would be probably a motor swap for reliability, mm. bigger brakes, better suspension. And then just be honest with how I'm using it. Really? Okay. That'd be it. And then I think you'd be happy all the time. Hmm. So like some of these cars, like this Defender that we're doing the EV conversion on is like, she wants to be able to daily drive it. Mm -hmm. So that's, there's no fixing the suspension in it. Like even if we put the best wow. of the best in it, okay. it's still antiquated technology. Yep. So you got to get rid of that. So it's all new suspension, all new brakes do everything mm -hmm. so and then that's retrofitting it into that thing but we have to maintain the aesthetic she wants the internal and external aesthetic of it yeah, yeah. so that's a massive undertaking mm -hmm. whereas doing a body swap is it's a bit of a cheat and like the only problem <laughs> i have with it like you see them and they're super cool but then mm -hmm. as soon as you see the interior the proportions are always all wrong mm -hmm. and it just doesn't fit like i don't i get why you would do it and it's more cost effective but yeah. It's just you lose the feel of what a classic car is. I see what you mean. Okay. You know what I mean? I th I th yeah. And deep down, like you, the the artistic aesthetic of it, the proportions and all of that, the design language between old and new, mm -hmm. they don't marry together perfectly. So it's, it's, it's 
there's a weird compromise that comes in doing that. But I would say though, the argument is if you're if you're not mechanically inclined in any way, mm. that's the, that's 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 your best choice. Do a full body swap and just yeah, be happy with that. It's it's great. Yeah. No. But, but. It's like putting one of those Rolls Royce kits on a Beetle. It's just not for me. Rolls Royce kit? What? Yeah. You see those things? No, I've never I just heard don't of that. agree with it. It's horrible. Rolls Royce kit on a it's Beetle. It's like putting a Testarossa kit on a Fiero. No, no, that's not. That is not the same. I don't know if it's the same. No, it's not. Hundred percent the same to me. It's not the same. You guys should comment. Yeah, comment. You guys think that's not the with the Fiero one? It's what are you gonna put under your Jag that would make sense? Under my Jag? Yeah. I'm thinking of maybe a G35 Infinity. See, that does not make sense. Or a Subaru WRX. What's your Jag uh, gonna sound like? Glorious. No, it's not. This is gonna sound like it's broken down. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the reason I wanna like if I was doing oh I, I really because we're in Canada and we don't have we have winters even though it's not super long in, in the BC area but still I wanna be able to if I'm doing the WRX swap I wanna be able to drive it all year round it's all wheel drive you get the I really like the sound it's like <laughs> the the glory gl- is it unequal length headers what yeah, makes it sound like unequal that length and yeah make it sound like that right but i just want that sounds sound. like it's missing cylinders <laughs> sounds like an engine that has dropped a few cylinders you're like what is wrong with this car so you want to take an un- unreliable car and put an even more unreliable car underneath it uh, so, so okay <laughs> so no that's why i don't okay that's that's the reason why i don't want the wr like it's like or the G- g35 is pretty reliable mm-hmm. and you can get the components everywhere as opposed to again waiting for three months they're like my xj6 i have another jag a 70s jag i've been waiting for almost three months for the floor pan to ship and it's still they're still not sure when it will ship they're telling me november yeah and so i'm like at that point i'm gonna make it so that's one of the inherent issues of having, of having a classic, a classic car. car yes it's having the the parts the parts availability like is readily available yeah. So my suggestion to you then for your car, mm-hmm. G35X, get mm-hmm. the all-wheel all drive. drive one. <laughs> Perfect. Boom. Yeah. And keep the exhaust stock. Don't modify Do not, the trumpets. No straight pipe <laughs> G35s. <laughs> yeah. It's never good. Not happening. No. You yeah. Guys, you guys are wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be. I think it'll be cool. Because it, I think it also. I'm be, with you. Yeah, it'll be good for content too. Just imagine chopping up a good, of just a good hey, G35. I, I, will, I will help you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm not saying but, it's, but you it's, don't it's, support it. I don't support it. Everyone, you guys are stupid. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. So, um, are there any other like pitfalls of? I also forgot to mention another advantage of having a classic car, or one advantage is like insurance for people that care about that stuff. Of like insurance is so cheap. Like for my Datsun, when I was in the States, I would pay what a few hundred bucks a year, and that was it for insurance. Mm-hmm. But for a modern car, you're paying for everything. And another really cool thing, I don't know if you don't live in, in the States, it might be different for you, but with Haggerty, not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, reach out to us at Trick Factory Customs at gmail.com. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> but I was using Haggerty for, for what a few years. And every few, I would, they allowed me to set the value of my car. So it depends on what it does. So no one can tell you, oh, your car is worth two grand. If I want it to be worth 10 grand, I set it. I mean, you do pay a slightly higher premium for what you set it as. Mm-hmm. But 
for the most part, it's so cheap compared to paying two to 300 bucks a month for a normal, like regular car. And so I think that's one of the arguments well, for- that's within that range. But I mean, we have cars coming through the shop that are a million bucks. So yeah. like that DB4 is- True, yeah. You know, like, I don't know what he's paying for insurance, but I know it's not a few hundred bucks a year. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I Canada's also different too. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think the value is the big part of all that. Mm -hmm. So I don't, and then private insurance is always a little bit of a struggle. So it's like the purchase price is decent, but getting that money out of them can be a challenge mm. at times. So, yeah, here like we live in British Columbia, Canada. Okay, and we have ICBC is like our okay. insurance thing, and you know you're kind of under much their got thumb, it locked, and then you right. got to buy additional insurance. Yeah. That's dumb. For so electric cars, it's, it's a struggle That's sometimes. So it's, okay. it's an interesting topic. It's not you know exciting to listen to. So, <laughs> so like somebody like Haggerty can appreciate yeah. what it takes to own, maintain, and even have a classic car repaired. Mm -hmm. Whereas ICBC is like, they associate your classic car almost to say as your standard commuter car, nah. which doesn't work. It doesn't, mm -mm. No. doesn't cross over at all. So in general, are classic cars worth it? Yeah, if you're into it, but yeah. like I say, you gotta be an enthusiast. You can't expect to be able to drive one as a daily driver mm -hmm. to and from work. And you have to have a place to put it and you got to be able to maintain it and mm -hmm. you got to understand that it's going to cost you money, mm -hmm. may potentially inconvenience you every now and again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like all those kind of things. And then if you're willing to accept that as part of the adventure, then I say go for it, have one. Yeah. But if you don't have the time or the resources, then it's not for you. No. It's yeah. definitely not for See, you. See, I agree 100%. Like yeah. that, those are all the points that matter. Yeah. I mean, all of that. Yeah. I think it's the same thing for me too. I, yeah. I completely agree. So if agree. it's your only car, then just, it, it should it's not, not be your, your only car. car. No. Like it should not be, no. And if you have dinner plans, <laughs> take your good car. Don't take your classic car. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Unless you yeah. got time for a tow truck in there somewhere. Because yeah. so. the stuff is just old. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have a customer that it's like, hey, why can't they do something better than this? And it's like, this was you back need to take then. a moment and realize that this car is 80 years old. Yep. That's pretty good for back then, mm -hmm. but that's always the disconnect that these guys have. And it's like, well, why did this go bad? Mm. It's like, because it's 40 years old. Yeah. Well, why would it break? Well, it just wore out. And then I always throw it back on them because generally a lot of our customers are a little bit older. Oh my God. <laughs> like, How's your stuff working? <laughs> You're 60 that's years old. So <laughs> like, oh, uh, yeah. You still working at the same level you were when you were 19? I don't think you were. There you go. That's so funny. Yeah. I've actually never thought of it so that I way. I make the same association. Oh, like, look shoot. at you. How are you working today? Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. So if you're having an, if you're going to drive a classic car or buy a classic car, be prepared for not just the maintenance, but every other thing that is associated with owning said classic car. And if you're going to modify it, then I would also say modify it. Like, I don't really like seeing stock classic cars like that are completely, it depends on the car, but generally, whenever I go to a show, for example, I really want to see a modified, like, I'm like, okay, show me what you can do with this because yeah. i feel like just stock a lot of times is okay yeah it's a, well until, yeah. until you get to experience those cars in their stock form which is a big eye opener for a lot of people is they're terrible mm -hmm. yeah yeah like they're terrible to drive yeah like, you'll be exhausted like you'll get home <laughs> and like okay i'm good i don't want to drive that again for another week yeah 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 
So it's a bit of an adventure, but that's why and stuff ends up getting modified. Because mm-hmm. you pull up to a light and you're breaking like three miles back. <laughs> and everyone's doing 100. Like, okay, I got to put some better brakes in this. And the yep. steering is horrible. And then it just goes. Spirals and, and never yeah, ends. And never ends. So yeah. yeah I, some people are smart enough just to jump to the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love this aesthetic, but make it good for me, please. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where we come into a lot of these projects. Yeah, so. for sure. Right. Yeah. We, uh, I, I, I love... See, like, we get to work on our things. We're, you know, we work on our things all the time. It's, mm-hmm. like, just a thing that we do for fun. But, like, I think one of the greatest things is taking, like, what was, like, a stock car mm-hmm. and driving it, experiencing it, and then making, like, little modifications along yeah. the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like with a classic car, and this is kind of why I like classic stuff a little bit more, it's, like, every little modification that you do using you today's mindset, the- <laughs> yeah. today's technology, and and you know you can you can pull information from like a lot of modern cars and employ that into your build like if you're if you're inclined to modify do that to those classic cars a little bit at a time it's always going to be well almost always going to be an improvement Rewarding. to what was yes. so it's very very satisfying mm-hmm. i really really like that about classics mm-hmm. but you have to be inclined to want to do that yes. i feel like you know that's part of your checklist. Like, mm-hmm. if that's what you're into, do it. Super rewarding. Awesome. Any more? Any more points before we? There's so many more. <laughs> okay. But those could be other topics. Mm-hmm. Like what that costs, what it looks like, how long that's gonna take. Like, there's so many other top little subcategories to all this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, if, so if you have any questions. You can write to us at trickfactorycustoms at gmail.com or you can also just comment in the comment description below. You can, there's so many ways. You can reach us on Instagram. We do a good job at responding to comments as much as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep up. Yeah. So with that said, that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you so much for watching this video. Uh, if you like to give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, all of that good stuff. And if you have any topics for us that you would be like, oh, this would be a good topic to talk about, just leave it in the comment section below. That's pretty much it. Bye. Bye.